So you're married to an Amazon seller. You think they're crazy, you don't understand why they do what they do, and they're always talking about the next product. Welcome to the My Amazon Guy podcast. This is your host, Stephen Pope. Today is a very special episode. I'm joined by a very special guest. She's the most amazing person in my life, mother to my three children, head of our house, my wife, Emily Pope. Thank you for joining me, Emily. Hi. So I'm rather excited about this episode. I predict it will be probably our most liked episode out of our first hundred. And this is gonna be a little bit of a roast because I've put Emily through quite the Amazon journey. She's had to deal with it all. And I hope all of our Amazon sellers share this with their spouses because it's all in good fun. It's definitely some family entertainment. So Emily, what's it like to be married to an Amazon seller? So do you remember our first date? I do, fondly. So we were sitting there at like Cheesecake Factory. I think it was Cheesecake Factory. And we're eating cheesecake and you're telling me these stories about when you were growing up, you would get your mom to like wholesale buy candy from Costco. And then you would do like a 300% markup and sell it to kids at school. Um, You were just constantly buying things wholesale and reselling them at school and you start telling me all this crazy stuff about how like you know someday I want to launch my own products I want to have like a warehouse and I'm just sitting there like that's cute right (laughs) like that sounds nice (laughs) but like I should have I should have known right I mean that should have been the tip off of what I was getting myself into I I was a marketer uh, by trade when I first met Emily I used to be a television reporter Emily also has a journalism background, master's degree in journalism. Yeah, so I was working as a reporter at the time when we first met. So we had lot we had lots of questions for each other, shared uh, background in journalism, and so yeah, I, I went right right for it before I even really knew about Amazon. I was talking about what it takes to sell on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. So looking back now, it's been. You know, it's been eight, it's been almost eight years since then, and it's been kind of a wild ride. <laughs> like, um, so let's talk about that. What, okay, yeah. What, what has been wild? Um, so at one point, uh, our garage, <laughs> like, oh boy, here we go. At one point, we the roast begins, <laughs> we could not park any cars in our garage because our garage was full of pallets. In particular, there was this one giant pallet that was full of like movie theater candy boxes right i mean pretty good candy i mean i think there were like 300 boxes of dots you know those like waxy little candies that i always pick out of my kids halloween loot and you were so excited about it like whenever people would come to the house you would tell them we have a pallet of goods in our garage and they'd always be like what and then you would show them to people and I think that it was sitting in our garage for a while because I had you gating were, issues. You had gating <laughs> issues, right? And you were trying to figure like, out how How do I get around this? How do you get around this so you can finally sell it on Amazon? And I think we were so excited when you were finally able to send it into a fulfillment center. Like I think I think we like went out to dinner or something. We were so happy. Cause then we could finally park our cars in the garage again. <laughs> Which, which would be very nice because anytime you're hustling it, sometimes you have to do what it takes 
And man, buying that wholesale candy and trying to resell it, I guess, I guess at the time I didn't really remember um, that childhood story when I was going through that, but it really was kind of an execution of a childhood story. Yeah. Um, all right, so. Yeah, so I think that's something else? that I wasn't anticipating um, when you when you made this Amazon journey was that our house was going to become an Amazon warehouse in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, I mean, so you've you've been selling a lot of um, a lot of like home good type things, you know, um, glassware, but also um, home decor, servingware, and that sort of thing. So like there's there's like a giant pantry in our basement and it kind of feels like TJ Maxx because oh there's just like items everywhere. So I mean in some ways it's really nice because when we're going to a wedding or holidays just, just pull a random gift. We just like <laughs> pull a random gift off the shelf and people are always like where did you find this stuff? And I'm like, well, it's my husband China. sells a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so, I, we, and, and every entrepreneur ever knows they've got a closet of potential products you, you never know when you're going to pull that one out and finally execute that sample you ordered or you got the in, in our case running the agency at my amazon guy we get a lot of samples of products for, do, from our yeah. clients i mean which is super fun right i mean i mean it's kind of like christmas the kids get really excited whenever they see a mail truck coming and and it, it, it's funny so when i was growing up mail truck meant a united states postal service truck our kids call a mail truck fedex DHL, UPS, Amazon van, like they call everything a mail truck because there's just constant mail coming and going from our house. Uh, the guy at the UPS store knows me by name. He always asks how the baby is because <laughs> it's just like, you know, shipping stuff in and out is just such a ingrained in our daily life. And, and it's good to get those boxes out. Always, you know, it's kind of a dopamine hit when you drop that stuff off, create that shipment, get it out. Um, now, I, I, of course, don't want to touch the products. Whenever possible, I'm trying to ship directly into Amazon's FBA centers, but it's not always possible. There's always uh, unfulfillables and returns and all those things you have to deal with. Yeah, that was actually a major turning point for me was because at the beginning, we were getting a ton of stuff delivered directly to the house before it was going to Amazon. And I just kept thinking like, how are we going to survive this? <laughs> like there were pallets being delivered during our kids' nap times and I'm running back and forth and signing papers and it was crazy. And, so and I'm balancing that, phone calls and Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that now, I mean, for the most part, your goods are just, you know Well they're they're pretty much direct to the FBA facilities at this point for most of what I do. And, and the agency has really been kind of the focal point in the last two years. Uh, so we really, you know, most of the product business has been side hustle. So it's kind of taken a, taken a backseat. But it's more than just kids making cars out of boxes and having fun with it. Uh, sometimes, you know, our kids are making playhouses out of pallets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty fun too. Yeah, I mean, the kids, you know, I mean, they're they're so young that they don't really know any better. So, I mean, they just kind of assume. This is normal. That it's normal <laughs> that we We're... have pallets on our deck and that there's just constant boxes. I mean, they love playing with boxes and they love when stuff shows up at the house. E even if the boxes are just random returns that end up at the front door, they still get so excited. There's, there's the like door. seven pairs of scissors in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because our kids are constantly taking them and leaving them strewn across the house. 
So it's kind of fun to, to do that. Um, so, so Bruce, our, our two-year-old, he's going to turn three here pretty soon. Um, he, he has pretty much only ever known his father uh, as a stay-at-home, work-from-home dad. Yeah, yeah, because you started exclusively working from home when he was 11 months old. And he just literally does not remember you ever. So, and I mean, I mean, Bruce is kind of obsessed with you anyway, but it just takes it to a whole new level that he never sees you leave the house. So, I mean, so, so your, your office is, is in like a beautiful finished basement, but there's a basement door separating, you know, the whole basement area from the main part of the house. And Bruce spends at least 10 minutes per day just sobbing because he can't follow you down and be connected to you all day long while you work. I, I would have Bruce on my lap as much as I possibly could, especially as I'm answering emails and he's, you know, got dual screen monitors going on. <laughs> um, but sometimes I sneak out and, you know, go to a dentist appointment or something. And Bruce is like, yeah, Where, he's where's like, daddy? where's daddy? <laughs> you know, he's or... not at work. Daddy's not at work. Where, where is daddy? He's not home. He's not at work. He's not, he's not in the kitchen. Where is daddy? Yeah. Yeah. Home is synonymous with work for the kids. It's kind of funny. Um, so I don't, I, I don't actually know if, if other Amazon sellers are, you know, work from home people or what? A lot of them are side hustlers. A lot of them are side hustlers. Full-time gigs. But you know, once, once you hit a certain point where you can make a a six figure profit during the year, they typically go full time, um, or shortly before that. So, so I'm sure there's many family business owners, a lot of, you know, a lot of people who are doing, Amazon businesses or, or running podcasts or running agencies, you don't really hear a lot of family men uh, running those those shops. But we've got three kids, three kids under five. It's a handful. It's, it's yeah, nonstop insanity, especially at bedtime. All right. So let's keep talking about other okay. things I've put you yeah. through. So, I mean, the failed products. I've been, <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, you don't want to call them failed products. You want to call them experiments, you know, experiments, I don't know. discoveries. You're just throwing stuff up against the wall. So part of why Steven is so successful is because he has like no fear of failure. He is just one of those people who will throw stuff up against the wall until it sticks. My, my so, equation is like one out of three. If you get one out of three wins on three endeavors, it doesn't matter what it is. Three products, three jobs, three whatever. <laughs> I've worked for four three, failed three startups. Three kids? Three kids? Yeah, three kids. One, no. kid, yeah, one kid's good. There we go. Um, uh, I, hope, I do hope I can leave a business for a child at some point. I really do hope that happens. We don't know which kid it's going to be. Uh, you know, one of the kids is going to be an engineer. One might be a doctor. And the third one's too young to tell so far. Maybe a party animal. Who knows? We'll yeah. see. Um, is there one particular no, product? Yeah, I mean, though? so the hot sauce, like, yeah, I mean, so it was just the craziest thing. Like about a year ago, you were obsessed with hot sauce. You were like, Emily, there's this like hole in the market where, you know, more people need to get into selling hot sauce on Amazon and it's going to be me and we're going to have a hot sauce empire. And I was like, <laughs> Stephen, do you even like hot sauce? No, I do not. And you said, no, I don't even like hot sauce. And I was thinking, okay, this, this will be great. So then... Right. So we went, we were at, we went to dinner for my birthday. Right. So it's my birthday and I'm so excited to be out without the kids and to have some time alone. Right. It's supposed to be this romantic dinner. We're at a super nice restaurant and they bring over this salad 
with this Peruvian pepper on it and you end up talking to the waiter for like 20 minutes about how you can source these Peruvian peppers to... They were so delicious. But, you don't understand, guys. But you like, just started talking. You spent 20 minutes talking about how you're going to source Peruvian peppers to make your hot sauce dreams come true. And I'm just sitting there like, what the heck? I Forgive me. I don't, you know, back back then, I probably should have been focused on the, the birthday dinner, but I absolutely was in a whole different dreamland thinking about my next yeah, product. You were just so excited <laughs> about hot sauce. Okay, so fast forward about four months later. And you're like, I've done it. I have found the hot sauce supplier. And you were so excited. So we're like tasting samples and figuring out how to do it. And you come up, you know, you you get a label designer and, you know, all this other stuff. And the whole time I'm like, do you even like hot sauce? Like, (laughs) I mean, you know, and so, so we start taking product photography and I buy these chicken wings so I can take styled photos and I'm still like, you know, taste this. Do you even like this? And you're like, yeah, sure. Right? So, I mean, well, you know, I mean, so it's not it's not bad hot sauce. It's it's actually good hot sauce. The product was good. It actually had really good pro- reviews. We, yeah, you know, right? we gave it out and to we, 30 Vine reviews. It out to friends. All positive. They, it was all positive. But so they, so Amazon starts shipping it out and my my brother and sister-in-law they were so excited that we launched our own product that they were one of the first people to buy a bottle of hot sauce two days later it shows up on their doorstep and it's it's packed in a bubble envelope so they so amazon fulfillment packed this glass bottle of sauce in a bubble envelope good game logistics (laughs) amazon it was Um, shattered and there was sauce everywhere it was gross it was like my dream kind of started to erode at that stage yeah and (laughs) and so few more orders few more damages get the pictures everybody was getting shipped in envelopes why is amazon so incompetent sometimes guys i (laughs) i have no idea they're this giant empire and whenever i'm talking to my clients i'm always getting these questions like wtf why does this work this way at Amazon, and and I and I constantly have to re-explain, Amazon really is just a series of incompetent siloed organizations. <laughs> they don't talk to each other. The systems don't make sense. And here's a great case example: Why would they ever ship something like that in a glass a glass product filled to the brim with hot sauce in a padded envelope? So, long story short, the result of this is that uh, it ended up costing way too much to ship it. They eventually put it into boxes for us, but it's still cost so much to ship it that we couldn't bring down the price and we still have boxes of this hot sauce and we pretty much just gave it to everybody for christmas made for a good christmas present yeah i mean actually we're pretty excited about it so the good news is i mean it's kind of fun you know it was definitely fun i would totally do it again it's kind of fun but i would say uh i'm gonna stick away from grocery i've learned my lesson a few times and i might have to relearn it if i don't remember and write this down but uh but th- not not the product for me. I'm I'm out. Yeah. Groceries not it. I mean, but the funny thing is that you know, a lot of stuff that that sounds like it would be crazy to like a normal person is just like a normal part of our everyday conversations, right? I mean, so so like so if 
Like I, I, I can't think of any of my friends who would just randomly come up to me and be like, oh, so my husband is, you know, just launching his own hot sauce line. <laughs> right? Like they would never say that. And I remember this one time, Stephen, out of nowhere, I mean, I think I was, we were just having a normal conversation. And then out of nowhere, you were like, hey, I think I'm going to invest $17,000 in, in a scotch tape liquidation buy. And yeah, you that just, one was weird. You just said it like that. And I was like, what? Like, can we talk about this first? Right? $17,000 on Scotch tape. This, this was when I was getting into some of those liquidation buys. I, I had exited the retail arbitrage trash phase. I wasn't really that interested in reverse wholesale. But um, this opportunity came across my plate. And it was kind of like, uh, have to make a quick dis- quick decision. So I brought it up casually to Emily. And... Uh, wasn't didn't go down too well, did it? Yeah, I was. I was like, uh, "Why? Like, can we talk about this? Is this is this actually going to pay off? I mean, is there actually demand for this sort of thing? I mean, so in some ways, it's it's good that this is kind of part of our everyday conversation and our marriage because it's good that you're not making these crazy decisions entirely on your own. I mean, so at least you're like kind of screening stuff through me. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it does take like a a person who is not involved in the day to day business affairs to gut check, right? Yeah. And so Emily, you know, being a, a former journalist, former reporter, she knows how to ask the right questions. She's she's interviewed other business owners. Yeah. And so and I'm glad that you said no to the giant palette of Scotch tape that probably would have been sitting in our garage for a long time. You know, you know, and and the price on that Scotch tape did drop two weeks later. And I probably would have lost about three or four grand on that transaction. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Wait, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. That, I probably, probably didn't tell you that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not every, uh, every bad decision is made. Sometimes we cut them off, which is good. Um, all right. So, so what else? You, obviously, I mean, a, you just like, I mean, I mean, your name is my Amazon guy. Like your mind is just constantly thinking about Amazon like okay so so we live close to a lake and so a lot of times in the afternoons um well I mean like like occasionally if you don't have meetings then we'll pack up the kids and we'll go to the lake and I've seen you um we'll be we'll be like sitting there in lawn chairs and you get a call from someone and you have this encyclopedic knowledge of Amazon like the entire Amazon marketing interface is imprinted in your brain and you have told people like exactly which page which part of the page to click on and you know i mean like like you're you're on the phone you're staring at a lake but in your head you're looking at the entire amazon interface and it's imprinted in your brain which is almost kind of creepy um but it helped me understand like why your brain is just amazon all the time and if it wasn't Amazon, it would be some other entrepreneurial thing. Uh, I guess you could say I'm a little bit of a crazy entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, crazy entrepreneur. That's I, how I would describe you. I do never leave the house. Yeah, I mean, never leaving the house. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if that's if that's common for Amazon sellers or just common for you. <laughs> There's so much work to get done. I just constantly, you know, I go from meeting to meeting with the agency. And then any free moment I have on nights and weekends, I'm throwing it at Mobster, our, our, our side hustle brand, product brand, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, but you know, I mean, just selling stuff is just constantly on your mind. It's pretty much all you talk about. 
Um, I mean, like Christmas, you know, I get I get excited about stuff like, you know, we go and we cut down a Christmas tree and, you know, and you take the kids to go see Santa and you're just like, today was a 4K day. Like <laughs> every every day of November, December, you're like, oh, you're you you get so excited about the lead up to, you know, the Black Friday sales and then. You know, those those first two weeks before Prime Christmas. Day. Oh, yeah. Prime Day. Yeah. Cyber Monday. Those are the holidays of an entrepreneur or Amazon seller. Yeah. I mean, so you're kind of a one track mind. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm always pulling you into reality, you know, or, or at least like the like the human aspect of holidays and that sort of thing, because your mind is just always selling. <laughs> It, always selling is a good mentality. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't always a smooth ride, um, especially um, especially because I've done some odd things. I, I um, after we had our first kid. Oh my gosh! Oh no! Actually, no, no, no. It was it was right after we had our second son. Excuse me, second son. Yeah, I left. And, uh, right, right. So I had, so I had an eighteen-month-old and a newborn baby, and then you did a trip to China to go tour factories and do product tests and all that. And it was just that was that was hard. That was that was when I really thought, like, you know, are we going to survive this? You mean you mean me dropping you off at the airport with two kids in tow? <laughs> With, week, a, with a week old with, and with a week old newborn and an eighteen month old and now, sending now, me now sending guys, me to my mother's. Don't roast me too were, badly. I did I did get her to the airport. I, I sent her to her mom's and then I abandoned you. And you abandoned me. And I went me. to yeah, China. You and went I tried to China. To, tried to figure out how to source. I went to the Canton Fair and it was overwhelming and awful. It was it was actually a pretty awful trip. Yeah, actually so I felt a little bit better because I felt like you were punished for leaving me because your luggage Got trapped at a Chinese oh airport gosh. and no Only, one spoke English. Nobody spoke English. And you didn't have any clean underwear for like a week. So I actually <laughs> felt like you were, I, I felt somewhat vindicated. So so you were actually miserable the whole time. And that made me feel a little bit better about you abandoning me. I, I'm not a big guy. Um, at the time I was 200 pounds. But for Chinese standards, there was nothing, nothing in that country under the size, over the size of 32 inch waist. And I was, I was a 36 at the time. And, and so I really couldn't shop for anything. <laughs> I ended up buying some like randomly misspelled U.S. Army sweats pants, showing up to business meetings in sweatpants, talking to the Chinese manufacturers. They probably thought I was crazy. Um, and I mean, you are crazy. So they're, they're not wrong. <laughs> I couldn't get my luggage until I was exiting China, and I, they finally tracked it down for me, uh, and and I couldn't get any help from Delta because they passed it off to the subsidiary over in China. I, I don't even remember the name of the, the company <laughs> at this point. Um, not a not a fun experience, if, you know. And if I was going to do the Canton Fair again, I actually probably wouldn't do the Canton Fair. If I was going to tr- go to China, I would go visit specific manufacturing facilities. Because I felt like I couldn't learn uh, learn very much of who to trust at the Cannes Fair. It was eye candy. You got to see a lot of products. I brought home a lot of samples, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, samples. <laughs> and and uh, I, I would have rather been home with my newborn, but... Yeah, yeah. That's okay. It's okay. My mom was a good sport about it. So, so yeah. I mean, like, our families, our extended families have been a pretty good sport about it. I think that at first they thought it was kind of weird that we were constantly begging them to 
write reviews for random products. Yeah, don't do that, guys. You're not <laughs> supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, don't don't do that. But um <laughs> Amazon's now actually really good at tracking down friend reviews. You can definitely get some warnings, notifications and some suspensions. So be very careful with that. <laughs> they even connect you through Facebook these days. It's freaking but, crazy. You know, I mean, I mean they they weren't as stringent about it a few years ago. So uh, sometimes you have to get the first reviews off the ground. It, it happens. All right. So a lot of Amazon sellers, they've got empty bank accounts because they're constantly reinvesting. But that doesn't describe us. No, does it? no. I mean, like we've been pretty stable. Well, and yeah, I mean, so so one of the one of the nice things, I think, is that you side hustled for a long time. Right. I mean, so we were never wholly dependent on Amazon sales to, you know, pay the mortgage and pay the credit card bill and that sort of thing. So, so so if your spouse, you know, if you're listening to this and your spouse has got an empty bank account and they're like, hey, let's go jump 17000 on tape. You might want to rein them in. Might want to rein them in just a bit. Yeah. Um, there's there's some room for error once you get this to a certain place. And inevitably, every entrepreneur is going to gonna have some errors, but there's room for error. When you're doing your first two products, first three products, you, you got to invest maybe quantities of 50 and under and test it out slowly because you don't want to lose the house. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I've, I've talked to so many, I've, I've talked to so many entrepreneurs who, um, bet the house, who bet the house. I mean, a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, you know, my, my first two bankruptcies are what got me here today. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't deal with that. So fortunately that's not our story. No, we've we've we we've always kept it pretty stable. We've never invested more than we had on hand. So, and a lot of businesses have some friction between growth and profitability, and we've really kind of towed the line between the two. We've tried to find a good balance. So it's not. Sometimes I feel like I haven't gone as fast as I wanted to go. Uh, that entrepreneur in me is like, hey, let's double down, let's triple down, let's you know quadruple down. Um, but sometimes I feel like you slow me down a little bit and it's good. It's good. Oh, it's it's good to slow down. Oh, that's, I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to you saying like, Emily, let's make more products. I, I really do <laughs> wish I had a thousand SKUs, but that's not realistic. So I focus, yeah. I focus on the dozen, the dozen that work. You know, and like normal parents are like daydreaming about like all the amazing things that their kids are going to do. And you're like, oh, I wonder when our four-year-old is going to be old enough to invent products for us to sell on Amazon. <laughs> I'm like, that's so weird. I'm like, that's such a weird I'll thing to fantasize. I'll get that kid a 3D printer. I'll get that kid whatever he needs. I mean, Hunter's parts. definitely going to be an engineer. Like, yeah, definitely. But I don't know if he's going to make you products or he not. Does, he does talk about inventing products in his room. He's like, oh my the, gosh, and yeah. Bruce yeah, broke today. that invention today. Yeah, yeah. He was making this cool like magnetile thing and then Bruce broke it and Hunter said, no, my invention. It makes ice cream. He made it. He made a pretend <laughs> ice cream maker invention. So maybe that's your next that, Amazon that product. Could be, yeah, that could be maybe our million dollar it. idea. That's our million dollar idea. But all in all, it's been it's been good. Um, it's been so you, good. So you do it again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you do I don't it. know about that. <laughs> you, you, learn, you learn and you move on. That's what it is. Well, um, I, I appreciate you joining me today, Emily. And Anytime. And we'll probably have you back on to roast me again and talk about what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur part two. I can sense it. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe. Maybe. All right. 
Well, thank you guys for for listening today. Um, That's the My Amazon Podcast. Please share this with uh, spouses of those who know what it's like to be around entrepreneurs that sell on Amazon. They could use this to get a good laugh today. Share it. Help them get a laugh today. Thanks so much, guys.